0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Blackout Radio in partnership with Sydney University. This is Pipe Radio at its most authentic and vibrant self. As I, Aliyah Jade Bradbury, take you through a journey of sound and conversation, with all the black loveliness and deadliness to boost. So join me as we talk to emerging leaders and trailblazers from our community. This is Blackout Radio. I want to first start off by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay my respects to all Indigenous peoples that are listening and gathering to this sound and pay my respects to those who've come before us and those that will come after us. So I'm now joined by Luani George. Hello, Luani George. Do you want to say hello to us? Hi. Hi, Aaliyah. (laughs) Thank you for having me here today. Yeah. So. For those who don't know, Lawani George is a Miriam Ghanaian woman from Gadigal country. Lawani is currently the Manager of Indigenous Employment and Organisation Development and Human Resources here at Sydney University. But she is not only that, she is an absolute gun basketball player. She has the meanest, what is it, three three throws?
1: Yes, definitely, yes. I...
0: I, I... (laughs) It's been a while since I've picked up a basketball, actually, but I do love basketball, yes. Yeah, uh, an absolute killer there on playing basketball, uh, sorry, not just basketball, but football, soccer, and also a bit of an advocate. So you're a woman of many things, right?
1: Yes, I, I am indeed. I um, Well, I try, I try to, um, you know, get as many hobbies as I, I can to to keep me sane, really. And also, I think, you know, having sort of the the teams, the love of team sport is a really good way to keep connected. So, yeah. yeah. that's
0: really lovely. Um, I actually just wanted to first sort of ask you about, you know, where you've come from, a bit about, you know, your early days, your origin story to, so to speak, you know.
1: Origin story, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually grew up – I was born in Glebe, hey. So, you know, Glebe is – was my home for um many years and I um then moved around quite a bit so I've lived in Canberra Brisbane Perth back in Sydney I've lived down the gong I've lived you know um overseas for a little bit so um Sydney is my uh, home now as a as an adult and I I I live in uh, I live on Bidjigal Country um, in in Brighton, the sands, and I, I just love being near the ocean. I think being a, a Torres Strait Islander, there's something that draws me to the ocean. And when I'm away from it, I crave it. And um, when I'm there, I never go to the beach, which is <laughs> you know, well, as not as much as I sh- I should go to the beach, but yeah.
0: No, it's always the way, isn't it? Like when it's right there, you can't be bothered to still it, or but like once it's sort of away from you and that taken away from you, it's like, ah, I really want it now.
1: Exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. So, yeah,
0: it's amazing. And so yeah. you, you've had such a long sort of career. You've started quite early, like I would say, even in high school, right? Um, you've been a part of like uh, youth sort of councils, um, youth parliaments, and even ambassadors, right? Yeah, back so back in the day.
1: Um, So when I first finished high school, I had like no idea what I wanted to do. Like I Mm. I literally left high school thinking, oh my gosh, what's next? Um, But I was lucky enough to get into a program at the University of Canberra. And I I was studying uh, communications and political science or politics at, at UC. And I got really interested in... You know, indigenous issues and politics, and mm. I was lucky enough to become the indigenous officer at the student association there, as well as the president of the indigenous student association, which was called At Caesar back in the day. Mm. Um, and um, while I was doing sort of that sort of student activism kind of work, I was able wow. to get like a. They, they, they call them cadet ships but I'm not too sure if they're called cadet ships anymore at the New South Wales Parliament in the Legislative Assembly and there was only two of us there was me and another fella who I absolutely love that's Luke Hockey and he worked oh, at yeah. the council and we were like the only um, I think there were like five other black fellas um, who just embraced us and, and mm. you know took us in and you know it was it was such an experience learning that side of like the inside of politics as well as sort of the outside of um, working in that sort of student activism area. Um, Yeah, so I I did that and then I was able to be involved in a lot of different like um, youth uh, groups. So there was like the National Indigenous Youth Leadership Group, which was run from run out of the minister's office. There was the National Youth Roundtable um, and then all heaps of other opportunities as well. There was Oxfam International Youth Action Partnerships Programme, which was an amazing program. I really, if you know what, if I'm in the lottery tonight, yeah, I want that. I want to bring that program back. I'm donating half the money to that because that was amazing. You got to meet people from around the world, and still today, I'm still friends with so many of those young people who are like politicians in their own countries. They um, they work for the UN. They're um, lawyers. They're doing some amazing things in their own countries. So yeah, that was that's something that I really. Sort of really grounded
0: me as well. So, mm. and you went to, didn't you go to Israel or yeah. Palestine for yep. that uh, specific Oxfam trip?
1: Absolutely. So it was part of Oxfam. You kind of got given, well, you could kind of choose uh, like a, a an ax, an aspect of activism that mm. you wanted to sort of do a project in. And, and what was
0: your choice?
1: Well, obviously, it was it was around. Um, well, not obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> it was around like you know, Indigenous young people. That's always been my, my passion and um, mm. in Indigenous affairs. And so, the reason why they took a group of us to Israel and Palestine was to look at um, conflict conflict resolution and how um, other groups of young people deal with conflict whether Mm. it's internal and external and that was such an eye-opening experience you know like being in Palestine and being in Israel and um you know learning about the conflict but also understanding the similarities that we have here in Australia within our own sort of culture um interculture um and you know externally as well so it was um yeah, it was a real humbling experience. You know, we stayed in refugee camp for a, a, a little bit. And, you know, I think, yeah, it was definitely something that I'll, I'll um, always
0: appreciate that experience, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really beautiful. And I always wonder, like, you know, you being an Indigenous person, why do you think it's important for, I guess, other young mob to sort of get into that kind of advocacy, like going overseas and seeing how other other people are sort of operating under their own forms of colonialisation and all that kind of all that jazz.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think the the biggest takeaway is that you know sometimes as black blackfellas it can be really isolating. I mean, we we all have different connections to different groups of people. Mm. Um, intersectionality, um, you know, we um, yeah, we just, we find a way to connect to different people, um, in our lives. But when you go overseas and you, you meet other, um, young people, particularly Indigenous young people, a lot of it is the same. And I'm not just talking politics, like I'm talking humour as well. Like, you know, like I, you know, some of my best mates are, um, Native American or, or, um first nations canadian or metis and um you know i just just relate our issues and their issues are so similar and it's kind of like not uplifting uplifting is the wrong word but it was Mm. just like so good to see that you've got other people around the world that um can share ideas and you know you can strategize on how you can you know implement things at your local level by seeing what other people have done around the world mm. so I would say like you know the opportunities to go overseas that's that's you know um one thing and I know stuff like that isn't expensive that like is expensive but I think if you ever get the chance to do it then just do it and you'd be surprised how fast you know you'll you'll make friends and really? you'll be accepted into you know, different communities, because, you know, this, the struggle is, is is the same, essentially. <laughs> the really. struggle is real. The struggle is real, you know, so, um, yeah.
0: Well, that's like, it's always really interesting to hear that. I think often as Indigenous people in Australia, we don't get to hear those kinds of uh, perspectives about, you know, how other people are living overseas. We're often sort of aligning ourselves more with sort of, I guess, African-American politics, because it's so visible Mm. and it's, you know, it's so accessible, but, you know, being able to hear the voices of other marginalized Indigenous peoples is always really important. And I always wonder with your experiences, because not only are you Indigenous, but you are specifically a Torres Strait Islander woman as well. And there is a little bit of diversity within diversity when we have those kinds of conversations about intersectionality. And your, you know, does that ever, do you ever feel like there are enough spaces for Tosha Islander peoples um, in politics or, I guess, in those sort of like forum based sort of activities like Young UN or something like that? Like, do you think there's enough Tosha Islander representation? Look, I think the
1: there's. Op, I think definitely there should be more opportunities available to um, Indigenous people, mm-hmm. um, and that Torres Strait Islander voice uh, needs to be represented because it is unique within that voice. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm always for, um, you know, coming together because we are like. You know, we are 3.24% of the population. That's yeah. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and then you've got Torres Strait Islander people within that. And you know, I as much as I'm like, you know, we need these spaces for Torres Strait Islander people. Absolutely, of course, mm. I'm always going to advocate for it. But I'm also going to always advocate for First Nation spaces as a whole. You know, yeah. and I know people like to say, you know, well, we're we're all different countrymen. Like we're all mm. we're not you know, Aboriginal is not homogenous, you know, there's different um, countries within that. Um, but I think for the greater good, it's really important that we advocate f- for each other because we're already, you know... We're already so small. We're, yeah, we're already yeah. so small. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a very proud Torres and woman. I always, you know, advocate for my people. But I'll always advocate for Aboriginal people as well as you know African people, mm. women, um, you know LGBTQIA community. You know I'll always advocate for space. I'm yep. not saying I'm i I would go and speak, but I would always advocate for that space and make sure that there is that representation there because there are experts um, that are all way better to be way better in that space than i would ever be but i'm i'm happy to advocate for that space
0: yeah. and more always yeah. okay come on ambassador well you know <laughs> <laughs> no that was so like it, it really is wonderfully put because um, i think especially now with discussions around the voice and you know there is a whole sort of unraveling and sort of bringing up of this idea that we are divided or this is my mob so I don't speak for that mob and Mm. you know I think sometimes we can lose ourselves in conversations where we're not including ourselves we're just thinking about just specifics yeah and that can be really hard when we're such a small population but um I was also wondering a bit about what your ideas are around you know the importance of education because currently you do work for the university as Okay, manager of employment. <laughs> no, you, you say it like that. I'm, I'm the manager of...
1: I'm, I'm, a ma- I'm the manager and an Indigenous employment. So, it's I'm not the manager of employment. I don't want a million people coming <laughs> and asking me a million questions. All
0: <laughs> no, it was yeah. just like, you know, you, you're doing a really important job at the moment. And I think, you know, as somebody who went to university, didn't really quite enjoy it. But... I do understand there is an importance for educational spaces for young Indigenous people. Like, why do you think universities are important for young Indigenous peoples?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I I think, you know, for many generations, education is often seen as... uh, I don't want to say. Well, yeah. Let's let's just let's just be frank. You know, Indigenous people have been excluded from education institutions for, you know, many many years. Um, indigenous education within those facilities were off was often um, excluded as well. And so now I think we're at a time where being a part of the um, learning environment for our expertise and our um, you know our our cultural understanding for people to understand that it's so important for us to to have um, to be in that space, not just as students but as educators. You know, and you know the university here, you know um, the DVC ISS area. Uh, you know they've got the one city, many people strategy, and they're really focusing on indigenising the curriculum here. You know, like, and that's I think.
0: That and sort what of would indigenizing the curriculum look like? Because indigenizing is such a mm, such a big word. Like, what would that sort of entail?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, there is a whole range of things that they're doing in that space. That includes, um, you know, one of the things in terms of in 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 my space is mm-hmm. looking at um, how can we get more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the academic space so teaching not just um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander studies, which is often the case, but, you know, how do we get um, Indigenous um, people teaching law, teaching psychology, teaching education? um, How do we incorporate different ways, methods of learning within, you know, the the classroom? That's another way Um, because often it's like, you know, you go into a classroom or a lecture theatre and someone is, um, you know teaching you and it's sort of like this one way Mm. uh, approach to learning or um whereas you know we we know there's other ways and methods of learning as well that are you know don't need to take place in a space that's for example just like a classroom it could be outdoors it could be you know being amongst um you know the community so there's there's different ways uh, of 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 doing and 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 we're sort of um Making sure that it becomes embedded within the work that we do mm. um, i mean it's it's a long process, but it's you know those little things that we're we're doing to switch it up and yeah, as part of my role, um, you know we really want to look at the the pathways and pipeline to ensure that we've got indigenous academics in, across the university um, which is a hard job. <laughs> that is like it's, it's a massive it's job. It's a hard job. But I think, you know, you you look at the the long term solutions to what does that what that looks like. If you have um, you know, indigenous professors and educators teaching the masses, that you know, what does that do for our um, you know, the narrative around Aboriginal and the people when you've, yeah. you're teaching and these people are going out into the workforce and they're working with Aboriginal and Torres communities or people or, you know, it literally shifts the narrative. You've got someone that's learnt and they're using that experience that they've learnt in their day-to-day jobs, in their, you know, their personal lives. Um, that's, go- that's a massive
0: shift. Um, yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, because a lot of the time... I I don't know, this is sort of just my belief, is that racism or even hate is just a limited... ..like, just limited information about something. Racism is taught. Yeah. Racism, you know, like... um, You know, we have... And not...
1: uh, You know, we have... People learn those behaviours. But if you have people that are not just a minority, but you're having, like, First Nations people teaching... The, minority, uh, the majority mm. about you know culture and understanding yeah. and respect and, um, you know those sorts of values really like appreciating our knowledge systems then you're going to see a shift in mindsets you're going to have a shift in empathy towards indigenous people and the, you know the things that have not just happened in the past but are happening now you know and even mm. that we're seeing that I've seen so many I know allies is an overused word, but, you know, I, I mean, I'm just going to call it for what it is. Like, we have a lot of allies out there, and I know that this time we, you know, what we're, with the referendum coming up, you know, sometimes it can be a lonely place. You, you turn on the news and it's all negative. Um, but I think there's a, a lot of strengths that we can take away from seeing people supporting
0: us as well, so... Mm absolutely like it, it is really lovely knowing that there is some kind of glimmer of hope and it could just be as simple as having a conversation with someone to learn something absolutely yeah.
1: or like being you know i um i appreciate that this time is exhausting for many aboriginal and the people who like this on our sort of well-being and mm. i you know i've really seen a lot of Um, non-Indigenous friends stand up and be in a space where I've just gone, I can't be bothered, like I can't, you know. And so I I think that that's something to to take away as well, that we do
0: have friends and allies out there. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, This has been an amazing chat and I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts. If you could imagine, I guess a future, say, 10 years' time of what an Indigenous education could look like or, you know, what the impacts of good Indigenous education could be in the next 10 years, what would it be? Good Indigenous education? Yeah, good. Like, good. Good. Not just okay, but good.
1: Look, I'd like the flip side of everything now. Yeah. So, you know... um, instead of us chasing numbers to get indigenous students into the university mm-hmm. um, or academics, that we have an overflow of numbers of students, indigenous students at the university, that we have you know, qualified indigenous teachers. We have a level of cultural competency that um, is just embedded within everything that we do. Um, You know, it'd be great to see um, more Indigenous leadership um, in terms of, like, the executive, you know, um, and also Indigenous women, um, Indigenous queer women, um, Indigenous women with disabilities. Like, I'd, I'd love to see that diversity just... A part of the university as not a let's something that we need to aim to achieve, but just as the norm. Like that
0: would be amazing. That would be so cool. We need a black future. We need we need a black future. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a wonderfully enlightening conversation with you. Um, Also, for the people at home, this is my auntie. So, like, (laughs) props, (laughs) props to auntie Uh, over.
1: How professional were we though? Like, this is. I know, this Isn't is pretty, pretty professional. Yes, we
0: never talk like this, by the way. No, we don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. We've even got the same love. I love that. Oh, oh bless. Anyway, it's been so much fun. Um, if you want to check her out, she is available through, if you look, basically, if you just stalk her on the Sydney good, Uni site. Good luck spelling my first name. But yeah. Oh Add me on LinkedIn if you want. That's LinkedIn. That's, yeah. LinkedIn if you want some more side yarns. All right, then. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.